This is episode 28. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and this is a very important conversation for us to not only have in April, but year-round. Today's chat is with GrooveSafe founder and president, Ashley Driscoll. This nonprofit's mission is to stop unwanted touching and sexual assault at concerts. GrooveSafe focuses on educating bands, venues, and fans on tactics that aim to make the live experience, the live music experience, safer. They've partnered with musicians such as Twiddle, Umphreys McGee, Disco Biscuits, and Fish, and to music festivals like Sweetwater 420. This is Ashley Driscoll of GrooveSafe. Thank you for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, and you just got off of tour with Twiddle, right? Yeah, we did um, five shows with Twiddle um, for the end of their spring tour. Um, They're actually taking a hiatus after this year. So it was a great opportunity to get out there in front of some of the Twiddle fans, which I know are going to be fans who go to other music where will be present and will bring the the message um, to those other shows and to their, to their other communities as well. So um, the, the, the Twiddle community, you know, welcomed us with open arms and uh, the team and the tour crew was all very helpful and kind people. So it was, um, uh, you know, the, the subject matter is always difficult. So obviously mm-hmm. we like to remind people who are listening that, um, it, it can be tough. So if anyone ever needs a break from the subject to feel free to step away. But um, that being said, they are really supportive of um, trying to make a difference out there, that being Twiddle and everybody that we work with really. But um, the, yeah, like I said, from the fans to the the touring crew, the venues, everyone, um, you know, it made it, made it a nice, uh, nice tour. You know, a lot of miles, I think I did 2,200 miles in a week. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I'm a road uh, road warrior, you know, so I I'm, I'm used to that. I don't mind doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely am looking forward to a couple of days of of rest before I head to um, Seattle to do the fish tour opener for spring. Oh um, wow! Yeah, we're gonna jump back on the road with fish for two shows. Um, mm-hmm. Be in the venue at the Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, for their spring tour opener. So that'll be good. It's amazing. Congratulations. And thank you. Um, you know, when I was doing a little bit of research, I saw um, on the Twiddle poster, it has the GrooveSafe logo, like front and center. Um, uh, I believe it was on, yeah, on Twitter where I saw that. And so I was like, that's really awesome that that band is really making sure to have that logo and have y'all like front and center with all of their promotion um, with, and you mentioned fish as well. So with these bands, um, can you take a little bit step back and just let us know like how GrooveSafe partners with bands in order to get your message out there to these concert goers? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's important to kind of understand the quick like origin um, first of all, I mean, we said it on the top that uh, Groove Safe's mission is to stop unwanted touching and and um, bring a focus to harassment and misconduct, you know, in live entertainment spaces, mostly music. I mean, my background's in music um, and we'll probably talk a little bit more detail about my story specifically. But I was at a point I didn't want to see music anymore um, because I was noticing um, the behaviors were so bad and the respect for people. Um, you know, it's a really, it's a big, big issue. Um, So I started by talking about it um, to the fans in my fish community, especially because that's where I had seen the most shows. Um, And then as the grassroots movement turned into a nonprofit, um, it was important for bands to realize that their, their voice and their influence really makes a big difference because fans most most fans care about what their artists are are saying and what they stand for um and so i as i was developing the programs and stuff like that i realized that that having the bands as partners would would be a major um push for the movement so um over time we developed the 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 our artist ambassadorship um the program where we partner with bands and the partnerships vary. I mean, it just depends on the the size of the band and their interest and 
as always, with Groove Safe, I approach the subject matter and meet the person or parties like at their level of comfort so that I can grow with them. Because I think that any aggressive approach, especially in this topic, isn't going to get um, the progress that I want, because if people are uncomfortable, they'll just shut down. So like I said, the, the partnerships vary based on the the band, their size, their management. Um, but the main goal is to get the artist to spread the message. Um, some bands like Goose uh, used to say Groove Safe message in the microphone on the stage. Like that was amazing. Um, Fish did a beneficiary of Groove Safe for the dinner and a movie series during COVID. So that was a really great way to get the message out. Um, and the the kind of written out regular, but this sort of standard is to bring Groove Safe out to do a table in the venue so we can interact with the fans because I'm really comfortable having the conversations. So we just need the platform um, from them. Um, and it typically involves a donation or some way to keep our, you know, nonprofit um, going because it is all charitable. Um, but basically we just, we, we give them a, the, you know, the rundown of, of the basics and then let us kind of go and, and have the conversations. But um, I think what I was trying to say is that different bands do it differently. Um mm-hmm depending on their comfort level and where they are with the growth. And then again, they can start with just a table and then later they'll do a stage announcement or, you know, put us on a poster. Like you said, with, with Twiddle, they, they were, they put our logo out and letting people know what shows we were going to be attending and um, ways to kind of get involved that way too. Mm -hmm. I think hopefully, so I think I covered some of the ideas a little, little, little mixed up, but all basically kind of saying is like, we're open to doing it in the artist's voice, whatever that might be, as long as they're doing something to make a difference for us. Exactly. Well, and like you said, like we should probably back up and I know you touched mm-hmm. a little bit on your experience. Um, Cause unfortunately you have experienced sexual assault at a music, at, at a concert, at a festival. Um, and so since April is sexual assault awareness month, you know, I, if you wish to share as much or as little as you want about your experience and how that, um, segued into the birth of Groove Safe, um, because I know you've also mentioned it kind of, um, took away some of your joy for, for the live music space, um, which is also completely understandable. Um, so if you feel comfortable enough just to share your experience and how that segued into the creation of Groove Safe. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been seeing music as long as I can remember. Um, I probably started, you know, as a teenager and then fell in love with that kind of um, facing music, live music, um, you know, kind of I would like jam bam hippie scene sort of thing. And uh-huh. I. So for me, the experiences were more than one and they always varied on severity and obviously something that I I say a lot is that um, these experiences exist on a spectrum too because what some person might think isn't a big deal could be life-changing for somebody else and also every time it happens to you it kind of builds on the last time so in terms of like how and when and why like that changes for everybody and um, but I think uh, I mean, obviously trigger warning. One of the hardest ones was the experience. I was on the floor um, at like a GA. I I was on the GA floor. So it was was a kind of a, not deep in like the close stage pit, but um, tight space. And I felt somebody put their hand up my skirt from behind. Mm -hmm. And I was obviously that was more than, more than alarming and more than, than off-putting. It really, it ruined ruined my day and that was kind of the the last straw for me and uh, unfortunately like I've been groped and harassed since that experience that was probably you know maybe 2015 or something maybe 2016 and Groove Safe launched in 2017 but I've had you know a handful of experiences before then and many after that 
Um, I mean, to the point that, you know, people hate to hear it, but I've been harassed and groped at the table while working. So like, it, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's really difficult. Um, some of them know I'm working and some of them are just happen to be that what I call a drive by like touch and go um, where it, it, it's just, it's just really gross. It's really, it's really difficult. Um, but so my experience is there's there's definitely more than one. And once I realized that it was happening to me, it had to be happening to other people. And so that's sort of where the motivation to really make a difference or to start more than a movement um, and get involved with bands and venues and fans and, and saying like, hey, this is we can't ignore this anymore. Um, and people need to be taught the right way to handle situations, to de- deescalate situations for the um the the like there's something called victim blaming and we've we've talked about it before but what happens is people are afraid to report for lots of reasons but they don't they're afraid to talk about it because they don't think they're going to be believed because if they do finally find the courage to tell the story either to a security guard or a friend or something people tend to want to um judge it or give their own interpretation of of the experience where I mean, victim blaming is straight up just as not believing the person and making them at fault for their experience where it could be, you know, judging them on their clothing or their intoxication level or, um, you know, that doesn't seem so bad kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so because I saw these beha- uh, like behavior patterns um, across the board, I just knew that I had to at least start to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um then, you know, the stories poured in um, and we started to kind of give victims a voice, but also mm-hmm. talk to our peers just about what is happening. Um, a lot of the things that people say is, is, does this really happen? And I don't blame the people that have never seen it and never experienced it, because how would you if it's not in your mind? You're not thinking yeah. about people hurting people. But once you know, then you know, and then you can't, you know, you can't do much with with what you don't know but mm-hmm. once you find out it's up to kind of everybody to learn and and get you know get the knowledge and the information on how they can help um at least build what we're what you know called consent culture um mm-hmm. and have people aware of uh, respecting people's boundaries and um just being there for the music you know mm-hmm. and and i i'm I'm so sorry that that happened. And it's so unfortunate. And I'm actually pretty baffled that it happened while you were tabling. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. outrageous to me. Um, and unfortunately, it's just such a common thing that sometimes it's people are numb to it. I, I almost feel like sometimes when you just say, oh, like, you know, I've gotten groped and, you know, my butt slapped or whatever at concerts and people are like, oh, well, that, that happens. Like, that's the nature of the show. And I'm like, no, right. no, that's, that's just not how we should, that's not how we should react to that. Well, that's exactly why I do this because a couple of reasons, if you yourself think, oh, it's no big deal. It happened to me. Well, I want to let people know, Hey, that is assault and that is a problem and you don't have to get used to it. You don't have to deal with it. And also like, people who say, oh, that's just happens at shows. That's just the way it is. Like, no, I, it, that's why Group Safe exists because it doesn't have to be the way that it is. It's wild to me that we have come to a point where we're just excusing it as just part of the part of the experience. And like, no, no, no. Like that is, that's, I mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's, it makes me emotional, obviously. Um, but it's just, I, I want to just be able to go to concert and, and, you know, close my eyes and watch the music. You can't watch with your eyes closed, but be there, experience the music, watch it or not watch it, but not have to look over my shoulder and not have to, you know, feel unsafe. Um, It's just, it's been, it's been a hard journey, but like um, I do it for a reason. um, And I feel like we're slowly making progress, um, which is always nice to hear. Instead of what are the what is this? Why are you here? We're getting a lot more gratitude and thanks for being here. And people saying, "I came because I knew you guys were here. Um, I came because this band made an announcement about you know caring about this problem. I, you know, I came alone because I knew that this is being talked about. Um, 
you know, I didn't want to come back to music because I had a bad experience, but now, you know, having people talk about boundaries and, and consent, um, more easily, mm-hmm. it, it's bringing me back to shows. So that's to me, feels like progress. And I like to hear those sorts of stories too. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you started in 2017 and this has been going on for several years and you've accomplished so much in that time frame. And to hear, you know, that just knowing that Groove Safe is there physically at a concert is providing this feeling of safety is, I mean, it has to be an, an amazing feeling for you just to know, like, okay, you know, I may not be able to control what happens or the people there, but we are providing some sort of level of security and comfort for those that are unsure to attend shows that you guys are providing that to these concert goers. Yeah. And even, even just the idea that we don't promote as being a safe space. Cause I want the rest of this. I want everywhere, including our booth to be safe. The likelihood, you know, most times it is safe, but when it isn't, mm-hmm. it's really scary. I'm saying like the show itself, but um, part of the message is like, we'll, we're here for you for support, but, we're not, we don't want to have you come hide. Like we'll be your friend and we'll, we'll support you through it. Like it's not a crisis center or, you know, um, it's not a therapy center or whatever, you know what I'm Um, saying? Like, but we can be there. If something happens, we know how to delegate to the correct, um, you know, and the correct action uh, to get the person, the help that they need. Um, but it's very, it's, it's uncommon to have someone come in a full blown crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's more of just the, the sense of, of comfort, um, knowing that we're having these conversations and then those people are having those conversations and spreading the message among their friends and like holding each other accountable and having conversations before the show, before people, you know, get intoxicated and, and being able to, to talk to people about, you know, a a controlled buzz, like party and have fun, but not when it's going to put someone else's safety at risk or, you know, Hey, pick a name. Hey, Joey, last night, you know, you kind of drank a little too much and you're sort of weird. It's like have those conversations, but they don't have to be confrontational. I can even say like, Hey, you heard about this groove, groove safe, you know, like use groove safe as a way to bring it up and mm-hmm. you don't have to call people out if it makes you uncomfortable, but have this conversation um, and try to hold people accountable um, and letting people know that sure. They might've you know, been wasted and had a fun time, they think, but guess what? They made other people uncomfortable. Um, So it's okay to like have these conversations. Um, But it's just, yeah, it's, it's tough work, but I mean, Mm. (laughs) I got off topic. It's so, it's so emotional for me that I just like, I I want everybody to be okay, but yeah, we don't consider it a safe space, but we're always have an extra chair and we're always there to talk. I mean, cause I get it. Mm -hmm. I've been been through it. we want people to ask questions and, you know, we want, we, we talk to even security and, 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 and management and staff and, and band members and crew members and anybody that'll listen. Yeah. Cause every single person that has some knowledge is going to be able to share that knowledge, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, you, like you said, like, this is not like um, a place to hide out. Like you all are there for a purpose to try and really, um, I don't know if the word fix is the right word, but you're just really trying to change, make a difference and change what's happening at shows. And so would you be able to maybe walk us through some maybe examples or what kind of advice you would provide to someone that would come to a table that's maybe trying to learn to be a better um participant at shows or if they happen to be a bystander um what are some ways that or tactics that they could take with them and share with their friends yeah i mean the most important thing i think is into shifting behavior is to have people with some of those skills on how to de-escalate if they see something so first of all we teach about like what is harassment and what can it look like you know if someone um presents as as being uncomfortable like something probably is going on um and it's up to us to sort of check it out um because someone has to do something um we talk a lot about uh the the bystander effect 
um, which is a, a study based on the more people in a space that something bad is happening, the less likely people are going to step in to help because they assume someone else is already helping or already doing something where most likely no one's doing anything at all um, mm-hmm. because they assume it, everyone's assuming someone else is and no one really is. Um, so that's the kind of basic explanation of that. So something in this field is called um, active bystander intervention, which mm-hmm. is the, uh, the the bystander effect would be a passive thing where you're just assuming someone's helping or active bystander intervention is actually taking action in, in groups, safe and other groups teach people how to um, do that without causing either more harm or um, escalating the situation. Um, my favorite one of all of the, the the skills is what we call interrupt or distract. And that is you can go to the person in distress and ask them a question. Any question could be music related. What's the name of this song? Or, hey, do you remember the name of the opening band? Or was there an opening band? Like, you know, if you're at Fish, someone might scoff at you and be like, oh, there's never an opener. But it doesn't matter. You can say yeah. like, Where'd you get your shirt? You know, where's the bathroom? But the uh-huh. idea is that if that person in distress needs you, they will engage with you. They'll answer your question, engage with you, and stay engaged with you. Uh-huh. If there's nothing going on or they don't, you know, quote unquote, need you, or um, they might answer your question, they might say, I don't know, they might just shrug, uh-huh. and go back. But if they're turning back away from you and re engaging with the scenario they were in, before you can say all right i checked on them i i did something they seem all right but they you know you give them an opportunity to mm-hmm. remove from the possible harasser or that possible dangerous moment mm-hmm. and the best part about this is we we say is that you, you can't be wrong you know mm-hmm. my favorite example is when in your life is someone ever asked you the time and you say i don't know why you know you say mm-hmm. you check your watch and you say 4 30 or you say, oh, shoot, I don't have my phone on me. I don't know. Blah. But like, yeah. it's never threatening, you know, um, it's, just, it's just a question, you know, um, someone, it, it could, anyways, it could be anything. So that's the one that I find the easiest because you don't have to be matched physically, emotionally, or like even personality wise with the harasser at that point. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of time there is one that is a direct, um, that's like confronting the harasser. That does work if you can choose the right words that aren't going to escalate. But for me, I mean, I'm just going to go, you know, straight up truth. If it's a six foot man harassing a woman, I'm not going to, for my personality, I don't feel comfortable going up to that harasser Mm because I don't feel matched with them. And um, I've, uh, you know, I've I've been a survivor myself, so I would rather use the distract method, but you can Mm -hmm. say, Hey, what's going on here? Oh, do you know this guy? Or like, Hey, dude, like, you know, may take a hike, you know, um, but so that is one option as well is that mm-hmm. confront. It just doesn't work as well for me. Um, as long as you're not causing more problem, you're not punching somebody, you know, that would be adding to the cycle of violence. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people say, oh, I just go out and knock his lights out. And unfortunately, now you've committed assault. You've revic- like um, re-traumatized the person who was already in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you might get kicked out yourself. Probably will. And then, yeah. then, then you'll be not at the show and no one was really helped. <laughs> yeah. Um, so not to do that. We always say like, Oh, actually. So a lot, a lot of times when I see people say that online or to me, I'll say, you know, it's really not, we don't recommend that. Yeah. Not, let's not, let's not hit anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another one of uh, the skills that is um, very helpful is the one um, it's known as delay. I also call it check in where you go to the person that seemed to be harassed um, later. It could be five minutes. It could be 20 minutes. It could be at the step break, but say, Hey, I saw that person seemed to be bothering you. Like, are you all right? Um, You know, just so you know, my friends are over here. If you need a buddy or, you know, we're real fun. We're, we love to dance. Like kind of say, are you all right? Without, you know, calling them out, but also that validates them. Cause if they Mm -hmm. were feeling, scared or distressed or brought up some trauma by being harassed or touched or something earlier, letting them know you saw it, it validates them. Yeah. And it may reduce long-term effects of that moment for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
if you do have a crew, you are nearby, they might really want to just hang out. And, and that, that would build up the the confidence of the person not, you know, wanting to, you know, feel really, really bad about what happened or leave or think that they weren't welcome or unsafe. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that is important to remember is what they call um, delegate, or I also say, um, you know, go like it's basically it's going to get help. Go get help. It can be the person next to you. It can be a stranger arm lengths away. It could be the bartender. It may be a security member, um, a staff mm-hmm. member, and just say, hey, someone's really someone is really you know, causing trouble, or I see someone that seems to be on, uh, unwell, can you come with me to check it out? Mm-hmm. So then you go kind of safety in numbers, you bring someone with you, not, not as an intimidation tactic, but more just so you know, you're safe. And that person might be in some sort of authority position, and they mm-hmm. might have a protocol, hopefully, I mean, my, my goal is to make sure they have a protocol, but um, to if it's if it's not just as, uh, you know, a peer, if it's, it's a staff member, then they can give the person um, a warning or, 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 or get the, just, uh, excuse me, the person in distress out of that moment and then give them some options. Um, but it's basically always going to depend on your own personal safety as an active bystander. There are ones and in, in skills I will, I may not choose in the moment because I don't feel safe. But mm-hmm. then again, if you're not going to cause more harm to the person that's in trouble, do something. It has to be mm-hmm. something. Even if you just lean to your friend that's stronger and bigger next to you, be like, hey, can you stand between those people just for a minute to see what's going on? Fine. But like, don't ignore it. Yeah. And we all don't have to be heroes or like on duty at all times. There's enough people around us that if everybody knows these skills, you open your eyes once in a while or come to once in a while or like just, you know, scan yeah. your space. Just do a quick look around you and you'll know, mm-hmm. you know, if, if something feels off and again, take some action and mm-hmm. it can be just talking to your friend next to you and be like, I think we have to like do something here or just like go over there. Like I, I told you the skills you heard them. They're on our website too. There's an infographic with cartoons that makes it easy to see. Um, but a lot of things we hear is I don't know if someone's actually needs me you don't need to know what these skills because as long as you're not um you know making it it, it worse in terms of escalating we want to just try to be like checking in whatever this yeah. check-in means um well it goes a long way because it'll deter the behavior it'll save that person from more violence or danger later um and it would become a standard that we're looking out for each other mm-hmm. so respecting people's boundaries one thing but you know respecting their their existence and everybody deserves to to be there and have fun no matter your size age gender you know orientation of any kind um we you know everybody deserves to have fun at the shows so that's kind of some ways for us to get our peers to you know get involved you know, in the moment, because I can't be everywhere and I can't do everything. And if once you come to to me, sometimes there's nothing I can, I can really do because we can't really make, take action. I don't yeah. know. I get, hopefully that was helpful. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful because I mean, <clears throat> I, I think to your point is, you know, when you are in that situation and you, I mean, Personally, sometimes, and as someone that unfortunately has been in that position, sometimes you just freeze up and you, and, and as a bystander, that could also happen too, where you're just like, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. And it's more of a, you know, just take a deep breath. If you are the bystander, if you are being personally triggered um, and to your point, like there are several options to choose from where hopefully you are able to somewhat assess to see like, Ooh, you know, I, I just don't feel comfortable. I'm going to go get help. Like I am going to call in backup, you know, go get yeah. a bartender or security guard or, you know, like, I think that's a great example too, of just like walking over. Cause you're at a show, like everyone should be friendly and having a good time. Like it shouldn't be so um, out of the norm or strange to walk up to someone and just say, Hey, do you know what song this is? Or do you remember what the name of the opener was? Like, I didn't catch it. I mean, it's just very simple and easy things that you should be able to do 
to hopefully help that individual that's in that um, uncomfortable situation at that present moment. Yeah. And if you feel like you, you know, you can't really be wrong. And that's what we like to say is like, if they could look at you like you were the weirdest person in the world, but at least you know that they weren't getting hurt. And like, you know, you could be annoying. You know, if some, if someone thinks you're annoying for a millisecond, oh, well, at least they're not hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the moment passes, you know, and who, who knows, maybe you were actually, you know, stepping into something that they really, really, really needed you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of a million times where I, 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 a million, not fair. Lots of times I feel like that. I, I wish that somebody would have seen how uncomfortable I was. It happens a lot to me when someone is bothering me or asking me though, that, because it's Ashley and, and Groove Safe Ashley she must know how to handle it. I like when yeah. people give me a second to sort of see where it's going. If someone starts to like really, sometimes at the table, people have things to say and, mm-hmm. and I just, I just wait to see how, how, how far they're going to take it. Um, but when I have friends around, you know, they're kind of like, Ooh, do I, do I, do I? And I just go say, just be like, Hey, what's going on here? No, mm-hmm. like it's just anything um, to, Give me a little backup, but um, I, yeah, most of us don't want to be saved, but sometimes we need um, somebody to realize that we're not okay. Um, we, me, yeah. anybody, you know, this is a gender neutral movement because it can happen to anybody by anybody. Um, and we talk about this a lot with the gender stuff is I have a lot of men that come up to me now and say like, Hey, I've been groped. I hate it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I know as, as men historically, um, they're supposed to like it, you know, and that's not fair either because no one should be, no one should be expected to like assault. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously it happens more to um, uh, people who identify as women, but um, there are a lot of uh, folks, marginal uh, folks, as well as um, men who, who, who do experience this. Um, but all of us are technically bystanders uh, at all times if there's someone else near you so yeah. um that's an important piece to know that we do have power um and with just some, some small skills and awareness is really it's pretty crucial because a lot of time the the person in distress may not be able to respond for themselves if they have past trauma or they you know fight or flight or freeze certain things mm-hmm. happen in your brain and you can't um, react and you know a lot of people will blame themselves why didn't i speak up or yell or 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 fight back and Sometimes you physically can't. Um, so anybody feeling that way, please forgive yourselves and know that we're out here trying to trying to let our peers know that we all need each other. Mm-hmm. And I know we were talking a lot about concert goers, but even musicians themselves, like I unfortunately know and have a lot of friends that are musicians where they'll be at a gig and then the gig is over and maybe they're just kind of unwinding, sitting in the bar or just trying to pack up their things, you know, and, and they're immediately harassed for no reason at all. And so I think that this is also something that could just go across to anyone. Um, these are really great tactics just to have where even if we're, if it's not even musically related, like you're just out in the wild of your real life, you know, it's okay to step in and just ask a question and like, we should be, humans that are making sure that other humans are okay and asking a simple question, if that deescalates something in any way, then, you know, I think it's our obligation to look after each other and to just do that. Yeah. And we have to agree. And we have to learn that it's okay to do that. And, you know, it's a passing moment and it could really help somebody. Um, And yeah, you made a good point about the musicians to themselves and the crew. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people, um, try to, you know, get backstage or, or get certain privileges and in, in certain things. And they're pretty, they're pretty tough on either staff members in the venue or tour management or like the merch person, like they, they're just trying to do their job. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, they get asked a lot of questions about privileges and all access and, and certain things and like, just leave those people alone, let them do their job. But um, also like the musicians, I have musician friends who are really involved with Groove Safe because of those things you said, they're just trying to pack up or, you know, they agree to a, a selfie and then next thing you know, the, the, 
the fan kisses them on the face or on the cheek or on anywhere or like hugs and touches him and like it's just don't take advantage of the consent you're given like just be happier in that moment um so i mean i just we're just trying to respect in in in, in uh, the body safety awareness in general mm-hmm. but yes it happens and it happens a lot and it's just it takes all of us to to really talk about it i mean my goal with groove safe one of the main goals is to make it easier to talk about this subject because a lot of time people want to just close the door or push it under the rug and um it is awkward you know it is tough mm-hmm. but it's because it's been made awkward and tough and yeah. it, we don't it doesn't need to be and so yeah it can be awkward you know, but I want, I want people to be a little bit more comfortable bringing it up with their friends, talking to me or others, or even, um, something that's really easy to learn is to start to ask for hugs. We have something, um, in our world that's, I'm a hugger and you go in, you go, just go in instead of Uh saying, Hey, are you a hugger? You can still have a hug gesture. You can still go in like you're going to hug, but make it a question. Don't demand, uh, or don't like, proclaim you're a hugger and that means they have to hug you you know mm-hmm. hey i'm a hugger are you like, like oh no fist bump yeah okay cool cool awesome but it's really important that that's one small little cultural shift that most people will want to hug but mm-hmm. you got to give them a choice um and that so that's one you know one of the things i love to say is because it's always like free hugs like yeah but ooh, i might be in a bad mood i might have trauma i might you know, not feel good and not to mention virus and other illness. Like sometimes we just don't want to touch people. Um, it's totally okay. And so people have to realize it's not personal and it's not an insult to them. If you're a hugger, find a hugger, you know? Yeah, exactly. Starting to, I've been doing it a lot the past handful of years and people, Oh my God, thanks for asking. Yeah, totally. I'd love a hug. And it feels good. It's like, Oh, cool. He's like kind of established this, nice little bond mm-hmm. um, it goes a long way you know and, and even that's just even with like dancing with someone or asking them their name like don't just go up and grind on them like check like let's like you don't can't talk during a show but you can say hey what's going on you know can can we can I dance here and you know even I don't even have the word sometimes because it, it's it's so feels unnatural but it can become natural mm-hmm. uh, and most people don't really want to dance with other people at these shows unless Unless there's a vibe going and you've created, you know, you put your hand out and they grab it and you spin around like that is something that's, you know, that's, that's a consensual moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I think people want that, please. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think you're bringing up a really great point too, where it's like, um, the, I, I'm a hugger. Like, I think that's a really good thing to bring up that I also, you know, personally learning too, is like, especially after the pandemic, like sometimes I I don't want hugs from people that I don't know or men that I don't know. Um, and when someone asks if they can hug me for some reason, that just makes, and I do want the hug. It just makes the hug that much better just because it's two people that genuinely want to hug and want that embrace. And mm-hmm. it is just retraining yourself. And like, if we can retrain ourselves to, you know, do the simplest thing. Like if I don't even have a great example where it's like, oh, I'm going to start, you know, not eating meat on Mondays. This is a horrible example, but you know, it's these little things that we're like, oh, I'm going to make an effort to try and do this thing, but it takes practice and it takes time where this is something also we have to start learning and starting to train ourselves to be able to just have that little intro or that little ask before moving forward with any sort of action or touch yeah it just it really does take it takes practice and it's funny because even the hugs is a good example but consent in general I I when people kind of like get you know it gets a little awkward and so like we get you know tease a little bit to kind of get to a comfort zone with the conversation but I always say you could get so much more with consent than without Mm -hmm. it if the person wants to do what they're doing it's going to be way more fun yeah. And so like that is across the board. Like if the if both people are involved, it is really can be a really good time. Exactly. 
So just don't, don't take what you like without permission. Um, it, there's no excuse to touch someone's body without their permission. Um, the only thing we do teach it sometimes it's necessary is if you're in a tight space, walking through a crowd, tap someone on their shoulder, like just one, two, boop, boop, mm-hmm. excuse me. If you have to cross into a touch space, um, don't touch them on their lower back. Don't touch them on their mid back. Don't touch the top of their head with this little squishy hair oh. scratch. Like don't, you know, touch anybody's armpit. Like just do yeah. it. One, two, tap shoulder. Sorry, got to get by, you know, um, because it is loud sometimes and that makes sense. Also, a misconception, people are like, well, if we're dancing around, bump into someone like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? This is Groove Safe is not a conversation about Mm -hmm. an accidental stumble bumping into someone, you know, um, people, I think we people should they do know. But when they start to tease or get the micro micro aggression and and defensiveness on like oh what do you expect in a tight dance space like of course you expect to be touching next to someone or shoulders touch or you know oops I bumped into you mm-hmm. that's an intentional groping we're talking about intentional disrespect of somebody's personal boundaries um, if someone asks you to give them some space give it to them don't mm-hmm. question it um, unless it's completely impossible and you say, Hey man, I really have nowhere to go. Sorry. But like, you know, it, I'm right here. I'm with you. We got this yeah. together. Um, you know, how many, I can't count the amount of times that I've said, Hey, I could just back up a little bit. And someone's like, Whoa, whatever be, you know, I'm like, ah, I just, you're standing on my feet. Like, yeah. um, is in an intentional groping, like in a sexual manner, but it's just not being aware of my boundaries when it comes to like my space should be my shoulders to the floor, just because if you can get in between like my arm space, that, that is also still my space. And if I ask you to just back up a little bit, it's not because, you know, I'm trying to take up a lot of dance space. It's, it's, I've, something has come up in my mind that I'm saying, Hey, like you're just way too close to me. Mm-hmm. And if it's impossible, I will move if that person physically can't go anywhere because I'm in a tight space, then I'll move. But when you're like breathing down someone's neck on purpose, or if someone asks for some space and it's, you can get that space. Mm -hmm. Don't react with, with, with aggression. They've asked you for a reason because something's uncomfortable and you might be able to help them. Yeah. Don't, you know, I've been yelled at because I've asked someone to like stop touching me and, and, you know, it, it just makes it, it's so hard. It makes it so much harder for me. It makes me want to like just give up. And I, I don't want to give up. I just, someone recently was like, what is it? Your first show? And I'm like, no, it's my 577th show. Like I, I, and that's not even an exaggeration. I mean, I've seen fish almost 200 times. Like this isn't, this isn't my first show. Like yeah. I know, I just don't want you touching my body anymore because mm-hmm. you can readjust your space. Um, or switch with me. If you want to be that close, I'll stand behind you now. Cause if you're trying to move forward, I'll just go like, let's just work together. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I obviously I have emotions here because um, I put my personal experience into it sometimes, but yeah, no. I mean, and I appreciate that the, the sharing of that experience, because <laughs> I think that's also why individuals gravitate and uh, appreciate Groove Safe so much is because it is, there's a personal attachment and there's this personal passion attached to it and it's helping people feel seen. Um, and I think that was a great example too, of just, you know, like there are instances where you're too close to people and you're dancing and you start to feel, and again, the energy will shift when you know, this isn't just fun dancing around, having a good time. The energy has shifted to a place of, my inner voice is saying, "Mm, I'm uncomfortable or something doesn't feel right. And that's when you can verbalize like, oh yeah, would you mind taking a step back? Or, you know what? I've danced my cute little butt off for the last three songs. I'm going to go take a break and get out of this situation. And I think that those are really great examples. And I, and I just am so appreciative of you being so open and vulnerable about your experiences because it's hard. And like you said, people don't want to talk about it. People don't know how to talk about it. And a lot of the times people will make jokes just because that's their only way of coping is through humor. And somehow that may help them, but it also minimizes what those feelings are and what that discussion is when 
you just need, people need to learn to talk about tough stuff. And I mean, again, everything's taking practice and that's okay too. So um, now I just appreciate being so honest and vulnerable. Yeah. Thanks. And like, I mean, I'm definitely not trying to cancel anything. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it so that people can just adjust and shift their behaviors. Like it's not like, Oh God, no one can touch anybody ever. Like, come on. Like it's, it's, it's intentional disrespect. It's like being able to communicate. If you can, someone speaks up, it's because something's not right. Um, you know, I want to educate and spread awareness and give people options and like talk Mm -hmm. to each other, like humans, um, you know, it's not sometimes if I'm like, oh, sorry, excuse me. Like, you're really, you're kind of bugging me. Like, and they like throw their hands I'm like, sorry. And like, I'm like, no, no, no. Like I wasn't trying to cause a problem. I'm just like letting you know that you may not be aware how you're affecting me or them or the person near me or my friend or whoever. Um, because, you know, everybody deserves to be there, mm-hmm. but people also deserve to be respected while they're, um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to share my stories and stuff like that. I, I think it's important to make it, um, real you know mm-hmm. because it happens all the time I mean all the time mm-hmm. and, uh, people I don't I don't know I don't, yeah yeah <laughs> here yeah. we are you know we're, we're doing we're doing the best we can out there so yeah and I mean and just think about like if everyone were that self-aware and if everyone were looking after each other and the and the way that we would want them to just think about how much better that live music experience could be for everyone. Just knowing that you're in a safe place to experience live music, um, you know, in a safe way that you would want to. Mm-hmm. And we've got a long way to go, but that's, yeah. no, you know. I the... expect everybody to know it at all times, but if you've heard it at some point, then it's your responsibility to just <clears throat> add like one little one little notch into your awareness um because again we're we're all we're, we're all just trying to see the show yeah <laughs> you know like that's that's the goal and um i think that you know we're, we're getting there um still a challenge i'm still i'm i'm all in <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i mean i the goal we talked about kind of goals and and i mean i don't know specific year marks but say we say like five years I want bands to feel comfortable talking about it but I also we're working on venue programs so we can really talk to the the venues have a responsibility in holding the space Mm -hmm. so we have some really cool stuff coming up about um, venue partnerships and ways where the staff can be fully aware of crisis response and um, also preventative measures um, ways to just let the crowd know set the mood at the beginning have like no tolerance um, environments and whether it goes out, you know, in, in, in information before the show or, you know, s- signs in the venue. And most important thing is just having the the staff educated. Um, yeah. if something does come up, you know, we're not trying to kick out the, the vice. And I've, I've, I've people that are like, I tried to say something and I got kicked out. I was like, okay. So, that's not, you know, yeah. And it either, either because the, the offender was known or because I mean of of like a friend of somebody or mm. as that person that tried to say something not they they even did it correctly but they might have had a little buzz but they people are, are afraid to do something because they're afraid of getting in trouble it's both with reporting with helping with getting involved mm-hmm. um, I think if the venue has more knowledge that's going to really help a lot too um because I know that some venues will put um people who are in trouble out like they'll mm-hmm. be like uh, oh yeah well you're clearly fucked up sorry language and then sending them outside um and i've had people tell me that they got kicked out for reporting and so it's like it's, we have a long way to go yeah definitely. Goal, the five-year goal would definitely to be um get more venues understanding the issue and resolutions mm-hmm. yeah and you know and i'm so glad you brought that up because it's um I mean, like y'all started in 2017 and y'all are not slowing down anytime soon. And I mean, I can't wait to see what y'all do in the future because I, I mean, who knows, like maybe Groove Safe will start having its own festival, you know, like, I, I mean, I want to, like, that would be amazing, but, um, you, you know, and unfortunately we have like reached the end of our conversation, but I want people to be able to 
Um, learn more because I've been on your website. Y'all's website has so much important information. Um, and then um, if you just want to tell everyone how they can find you and support you and follow you, but then also too, if people want to get involved, like maybe they want to help at a table or maybe a venue, because um, I'm here in Charleston, South Carolina, like maybe a venue here wants to learn more, like where can they get all of that information? Um, well, gursafe.org is the best place to start. We are 501c3, um, which is a nonprofit um, organization. So donations are, you know, um, <laughs> the the wow ashley i got excited um the idea is that donations are always important the number one um then venues we can offer trainings bands we can offer support we can come out to music um we also for volunteers like it takes we our team is small um and so we're always looking for table leads we're looking um for people who have other professional skills that might be able to help us grow um and there's a volunteer sign up on the website there one of the pages is called take action so if you're a, ven a venue a band a fan there's uh, links for everybody on that page um and then the socials are really important because we can only open the doors of the people who are following us as it is so anybody that can share and like and follow and and spread it in their music groups and um, tag us and things just really the more awareness is going to be the better because um, it, it was grassroots. It still is. It's word of mouth. It's a movement. Um, mm -hmm. So we need all the people that, you know, can get involved to get involved. Um, but yeah, I would say the website's the best place to start. Awesome. Well, I cannot thank you enough for having this conversation and um, before we part ways, is there anything else that we want to touch on? Anything else that you want to mention just that maybe I've missed? Um, no, I mean, I think we covered it all. This conversation, you know, can, it happens. It, there's so many um, different angles and different parts and different things that we could get really, you know, expand upon. So I think that anyone that ever wants to just reach out info at groovesafe.org. I'm always open to ideas. I answer those directly. Uh, I do my best on getting back quickly, but I think that anybody with ideas to just send them our way so we can keep this conversation going and you and I can do this again, maybe with something a little bit more specific of a topic, but I think that generally we covered the important stuff um, and that, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for it. I, I get it. I hear you. I believe you. And uh, I've been there. So this is all, my whole goal is to try to make the world better and concerts, um, you know, safer and more fun for everybody. So. Awesome. Well, and you're doing it. So one show at a time and one person at a time, you are going to make a difference. So I just appreciate you so much, Ashley. And thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me.